Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series on love with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message entitled, Love is Humble. Enjoy this message. All right. Good to see everyone this morning. You can, you can be seated today. We appreciate all of you coming and being in the house of God. Doesn't it feel good to be in the church of God today? I mean, it feels so good. Come on, I'm going to do this. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're in the right place at the right time right now. Well, I really, I, I really love the scene right now. I love watching all you people and it looks so much bigger. I don't know what it is. It's awesome. So they've done a great job and working tirelessly around the clock. Uh, we've had people just working, working, working. And uh, I, I'm just so grateful for so many people that are willing to give up their time and serve. We're just blessed. How many are blessed today? I'm blessed today. And so we've been, we've been talking about love. And most of the time people get a misunderstanding of love. They think that love is this way or that way. Some, sometimes it seems upside down. And lots of times we don't know why it acts the way it acts. And we talked about last Sunday, we kind of were defining, we're defining what love is. And we said that uh, nothing matters in life unless you love. If you don't live a life of love, man, nothing else matters. We talked about nothing that you believe will matter. Nothing that you give will matter. Nothing that you say will matter unless you love. And so all over the Bible, it's really the Bible is a love story of how much God loves you. And so this morning, I'm going to read a verse of scripture. And I believe God's going to help us. I'm going to talk about love is humble. Say humble. And sometimes we have a misunderstanding of the word humble. And I'm going to kind of explain it, why love is humble. But let me read a verse of scripture here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Then we'll pray. Then we'll just kind of dive into this message this morning. It said, love is never boastful or proud. I'll read it again. Love is never boastful or proud. So let's pray. God, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you. Your word is so powerful. It is so relevant in 2022. God, it's not outdated. It's not old-fashioned. But God, your word applies to our lives right now. So I pray that you'll open up our hearts, our minds to your love. And God, that that love would be displayed in our hearts and love toward other people. I pray God help us to be people that will love other people just like you've loved us so much. And Lord, I pray that the word would minister to every heart, that the people would hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. And so really when we talk about love, it said love is never boastful. Love is never proud. Love is supposed to be humble. And your relationship with God directly impacts your relationship with other people. And many times we think, well, I love God, but I hate people. It doesn't go together. You know what I mean? I, I, I love God, but I hate the church. That don't work. And really, if we love God, that means we love God's people and we love one another. And when we think about God's love, how insane is God's love? I mean, the Bible says, for God so love the world. And so when you begin to think about the love, the eternal creator, the God of the universe, the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-merciful God, he loves you. Yes. 
He cares about you. He cares about every detail about your life. He knows the number of hairs on your head. And I'm losing them every day. And it's just it's amazing. And some of us, we've lost it. Amen. So every stub that you have, God knows the count on there. So just think about how powerful, how wild it is to think that God loves you. It, it, that Jesus doesn't need us, really. That really, Jesus, apart from humanity, doesn't need it. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. He's perfect. And yet he chooses to love you. Look at what the Bible says. I'm going to read another verse of scripture. I thought this is so powerful. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, and I pray that you and all God's holy people will have the power to understand the greatness of Christ's love. How wide, how long, how high, how deep is that love, man? I'm telling you, Christ's love is greater than anyone could ever know. But I pray that you will be able to know that love. And then you can be filled with everything God has for you. All of us need to comprehend the love of God. The reason many times we don't have a revelation of God and the reason many times our relationship with other people are so fractured and so uh, falling apart and so, so many things that are dysfunctional is because you've not comprehended God's love in your own life. You don't understand how deep that love is. The Bible says that in Deuteronomy 32.10, it's not up there. It says, you're the apple of God's eye. He's got his eye on you. God cares that much about it. I was, I was you know, singing this song today, God's reckless love, the reckless love of God. Isn't that a powerful song? And I begin to think about that because many times I've had people ask me, well, what does it mean, the reckless? God is not reckless. No, it's not talking about the God is reckless it's saying that his love in regard to how much he loves us because he's so unselfish and because god is not self-serving that he chooses to love us even though we didn't earn it even though we didn't deserve it he's still chasing after you god's love is after you how reckless is that i mean most of us when people don't love us we say hey man later with you i don't need you but God says, I still love you, and I'll chase after you, uh, and that is the reckless love of God. And here, here's the irony in everything, that, that even though God still doesn't need us, he still loves us. And so I want to say to all of us today, do you understand the love of God and the implications of how deep that love is? Because, because God loves us, this is why Jesus said we're to love one another. Here's what the scripture says. I'm going to show you in John 13, verse 34. It goes, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. It said, even as I've loved you, that your love also, that you love, that you also love one another. By this, it says, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. So the scripture is saying the way people are going to be able to identify you, the way the world is going to be able to see that you're different than everybody else is that they're going to see that you love one another. Doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter where you grew up, how much education, what your social life, how old, how young you are. We're going to love you here. This is a place that you can receive the love of God. 
As I look around this place, I, I see different testimonies, different backgrounds. You have no idea who you're sitting next to. You, have no, you may be sitting to an ex-thief, an ex-criminal. You may be sitting next to a, a highly educated person, an entrepreneur. We have all these different people in this church because this is God's church, and we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to love each other. This is why it's so unique. And when Jesus made this statement, most of the time we don't understand in the context in which he made this statement. Why did Jesus say, love one another? By this you're going to know that you're my disciples. Because in this particular time when Jesus said it, Jesus was sitting at the table. This was the Last Supper. And the Bible said they had finished eating. And then the Bible says he began to wash their feet. And he knew that one of them, he even said, one of you are going to betray me. He knew it was Judas. And the Bible says he washed all of their feet, including Judas. Now, I don't know about you, but if I knew you were going to betray me and it was time to wash people's feet, I said, hey, not you. Hey, no, no, you go to the next room. Come on, let's be honest. We say, hey, don't, don't even bother. Don't even take off your shoes and socks. Please, come on, really? Are you serious? Come on, man. Judas, come on, man. I got my eye on you. I know what's happening. But not, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus washed his feet. And then he makes this statement. This is astounding to me. John 13, 15. I've given you an example that you should also do just as I have done for you. Now, many people take that literally that we're going to have feet washing services. We're not doing that here. Amen. We're, you do that at home and do whatever you want to do. No, Jesus was saying that we're supposed to be serving one another. Jesus is saying humility is an example of how we love one another. If you are really loving each other, then you're willing to humble yourself and you're willing to serve that other person and you're willing to do for others. And Jesus was saying, just as I've cared for you, just as I've serving you, just as I've humbled myself, because we know Jesus was the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. He's the Son of God. We know that he who he is, and yet he was still willing to humble himself because love is to be humble. It's important because there's a degree of inconvenience. How many understand when you're serving other people? I read this quote. It says, if you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it was and always will be yours. If it never returned, it was never yours to begin with. If it just sits in your living room, watches TV, messes up your stuff, eats your food, takes your money, and never behaves as if you actually set it free in the first place, you're either married to it or you gave birth to it. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> don't look at your husband or wife, okay? I, don't look at your kids, any of that. But, but loving and serving is always going to cost you something. And sometimes we're not always going to see the return. It was in this moment that Jesus set the example. He said we're to serve one another. And many times when it's, we don't see the return, we're supposed to press through in love anyway. Because love can be tough. I said love can be tough, tough. It could. It's deep. 
And this is why Jesus says the meaning of true love, it's humble, and that we're serving one another. This is actually counterculture in the society that we live in today. The society that we live in today is not really humble and is not really taking the time to love. In fact, the society that we live in today is very prideful and boastful. Some of you may be able to finish this sitting. You got to look out for number one. I've got to do the best for, right? Sometimes you got to beat to your own drum. That's God. You guys already know. How do you guys know that? This one, I, I've never read this one, but if it's, expen- if it's expensive, I'm worth it. Would you believe that? So most people are obsessed with themselves. We live in this society that people are obsessed with themselves. People like to brag. People like to boast. People like to do all of these. People like to flaunt. They like to do whatever, and they, they basically want to show off. We, we live in a show-off world. And I mentioned this last week, especially with social media. People have become uh, narcissistic. What is it called? Narcissism. I'll just say narcissism, okay? Yeah, I'm having trouble pronouncing that word. So what is narcissism? Narcissism is excessive self, self self-admiration, self-absorption, self-obsession, conceited, egotism, self-centeredness. And that's what we do with Facebook. We build a page around ourselves so people can like what we want. So people can, we can, everybody can hit their opinion. We want, we want pictures, people thumbs up. Uh, people are full of themselves. Not that, full of themselves, right? I know what you were thinking. And so there's all this promotion. Were you really thinking that? So it's all this self-promotion. Hey, you guys are really with it today, right? I'm, Boy, I'm I'm hitting some places there that we can all relate to. And if you really want to build authentic relationships today, you've got to learn humility. You've got to learn how to be humble. Real love is humble. And we have a misunderstanding about humility. We have a misunderstanding about what it is to be humble. And most of us, we, we don't understand this quality in life because we think, this is what we think what humbleness is we think that if to be humble you have to be shy that being humble is timid or bashful being humble is weak or spineless being humble is lack of confidence being humble is insecure being humble is having a low opinion of yourself now i want to just say to you that jesus was very very humble but he never had a low opinion of himself he wasn't passive. He wasn't a doormat. He wasn't, didn't have a poor self-esteem. He wasn't saying, I'm not worthy. I'm worthless. I'm a worm. I'm going to die. He wasn't saying any of those things. In fact, it takes com- tremendous courage to be humble. It takes tremendous security. I said security, self-esteem, personal security to be humble. Insecure people, in fact, cannot be humble. I said insecure people always have to brag and always have to show off and and always have to be arrogant because they want to cover and mask their insecurity. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4, I'll read it again. Love is never boastful. 
See, when you are not humble, you become so prideful that you cover up your insecurity. You're covering up and masking. That's why you have to brag to cover up how insecure you are. That's why you have to always boast. That's why you have to lie and make up stories. That's why you have to show off because you're so insecure. That's why you have to exaggerate. That's why you have to criticize people and put themselves, put them down to make yourself look better. You're insecure. You're boastful. You're prideful. You don't know how to be humble. See, pride today is, is basically is the opposite of God, but humility is security in God. Even Jesus said, uh, Jesus said, uh, he told Pilate, he goes, I, uh, I, uh, you, you rightly said I'm a king. He said, for this reason I was born, um, for this cause I've come into the world. So Jesus was very secure in who he was, and yet he was able to serve and wash other people's feet. Jesus was secure that he was the son of God. He was secure about his mission, and yet he was able to love other people because God promises more blessing to those that are humble. In fact, the Bible says God is an enemy to those that are prideful. So for you, for you that have grown up to be prideful and boastful, you're going down the wrong direction. That's not of God at all. In fact, it's satanic. I said it's satanic. All over the Bible, God promises a blessing to those that are humble. I'll give you a few scriptures, okay? You ready for this? Uh, Psalm 18, 27, God saves the humble. Psalms 147, 6, God supports the humble. Psalms 25, 9, God promises to guide the humble. James 1, 5, God gives wisdom to those that are humble. Second uh, Samuel 2, 28, God will rescue the humble. Matthew 23, 12, he promises to exalt the humble. Uh, the Bible says over and over, uh, Proverbs 29, 23, it says God will honor you if you're humble. So God gives grace and he gives favor to those those that are humble humble yourself because if you don't humble yourself god will find a way to humble you i'd rather be humble than get humble you're not humble now but you're going to get humble one day something's going to happen you're going to find out how how weak you are and how human you are and how you don't have everything in control in fact, let me read you a scripture here that's really going to knock some of you out right here. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. There are seven things that God hates, and they are an abomination. In other words, they're disgusting to him. The number one is a proud look. So when you are walking around prideful, when you're boasting, God says, man, he, he's disgusted. In fact, this was the very thing that got Satan kicked out of heaven. We know the story of Satan. He, he was one that led worship. Uh, he was one that was a beautiful angel, but he wanted to be above God. Pride got a hold of him. And because of that, he was cast out of heaven. That is Satan's sin. That is people's sin today. Pride will keep you out of heaven today. Isaiah 66, verse 2, the people I treasure more, most are the humble they depend on me. God is looking for humility. He's looking for us to be more humble and to begin to think that way. So how do we become more humble? You got to begin to change the way you think. You're walking around so cool in your pride. Man, you are so violating God's word. You're not cool. You're not. 
really, I mean, you're just a boastful idiot. You think you're all cool. You're not. When I see prideful people, I go, that's the most insecure person I've ever seen in my life. There he is, insecure. There's insecurity walking through the door. There he is, trying to hide everything, trying to mask everything, trying to act like he's got it. You ain't got it all together, and we all know it. Who are you fooling? You're not fooling nobody. You got so much brokenness in you, so many things in your life. You, you, you think you got your act together? You don't. We all need God. Somebody say amen. I'm preaching this morning. Can I do that? I'm preaching truth. I'm preaching to myself if you don't want to listen. The Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord. I said, humble yourself before the Lord. There was a story I read of a guy who said to God, he asked God, take away my pride. And God said, no. And he said, God, I don't understand it. And God, he felt the Holy Spirit say to him, pride is not something I need to take away from you. It's something you're supposed to give up. Tell someone, give it up. Give it up. Come on. Give up that pride. Give it up. See, we have to choose. You have to choose not to be arrogant. You have to choose to be humble. What is humility? It's not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of others instead of yourself. It's acting in their best interest. It's saying, you know what? In fact, it's not thinking about yourself at all. It's about thinking about other people. It's other people-centered. It says, man, what are other people? It's basically self-forgetfulness. I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about other people. That's when you learn how to be humble. It's not about you. You plan it. You're captain of the world, captain of the universe. It's not about that. You're going to die alone. You're going to be very miserable because it's all about you. When you learn it's about others and loving others as Jesus, uh, man, you're going to learn the power of humility. You're going to learn the power of love. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at what 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Dear children, this is supposed to be a real sweet message, but I don't know why it's going this way. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by what our actions Let's not, let's not just talk about it. Let's put it into action. And I, I said that last week that we, we, we can't just be words, but we got to put it into practice. And a lot of us know what it is to practice. If you, if you were ever into sports, if you wanted to get good at whatever it was, football, basketball, soccer, whatever you played, man, you know that you have to practice and practice in order to get better. And the more you practice, the better you were at it. The more you start loving people, the more you start being humble, the better you become at it. Every musician knows they got the practice. They just don't randomly pick up the guitar, play the piano once every couple of months. They got to practice. And the more the practice, the better they become at it. If you want to, you know, start working out, you know, you can't go just two days out of the year and say, I'm working out, you know, showing pictures yourself and all that, like some of you do. Don't do that. Got to go to the gym every day, right? After you've been there like 30 days, then you can show me a picture, but first day, I'm at the gym. Anyway, that's a whole different thing. So you got, you got to begin to put it in to practice. Start putting it into action. And so the Bible says humility is something that we put into practice, something that we do. 
Now, I want to say this to some of you. They say that the marriage conflict industry today is four times faster than the population. And it really doesn't surprise me because relationships are so fragmented today. And I know marriage can be, have a lot of complex uh, problems. But I know this, uh, that there's two major problems or two uh, major issues that happen in relationship or the root of marriage problems. Can I just tell you what they are? Pride and selfishness. Can I say that again? Want, want me to solve all your marriage problems? You don't need counseling. Stop being so prideful and stop being so selfish. That'll solve you. That, that, that right there will solve your marriage problems right there. Somebody's being too prideful. Somebody's being too selfish. Either one of you or both of you. And if you'll just get rid of your pride and your selfishness, that'll solve your relationship. Because when we're being prideful, we're being unloving. Proud people, believe it or not, they get puffed up. You guys ever heard of puffer fish? I mean, have you ever heard? They, they, this is true. They say most puffer fish are toxic and poisonous. So when you're prideful, you are toxic and you are poisonous. That's what happens. That's what pride does. It takes away our humility and our ability to have relationship. Proverbs 13, write this down. What does, pride, what does pride do to our relationship? Proverbs 13, 10 says, arrogance causes nothing but trouble. How many can say amen to that? Most of us, uh, most of the time, our problems and our issues have to do with pride, and it produces a number of things. It produces all kinds of problems. It produces misunderstanding. It produces argument and conflict. It prevents intimacy or authentic relationship. It postpones. A lot of times the reason why you haven't reconciled that relationship with a sister or, or a brother or relative, I've seen people not talk for years because somebody's too prideful to say, I'm sorry. And so you've lost five years. You're never going to get it back. All you had to do is say, I'm sorry. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I want to make this right with you. I, got, I think I shared this story before. I, I knew of two brothers. that They didn't talk for two years, and they owned the same car. True story. I am not, I'm not kidding you. I had two friends. They were about a year apart. They were in high school, and they stopped talking to each other. They got in an argument, so their older brother gave them a car and said, you guys have to share this car. And for two years, they owned the same car but never talked to each other. How did they do it? So I finally called them one time. Years later, I said, hey, how? I called them. And I said, hey, how did you guys ever work that out? He said, well, I would talk to my mom, and, he, and I would tell, her, tell him that I'm driving the car today. And then he would, call, he would, the other guy would talk to his mother, today I'm driving the car. They would not talk to each other for two years. Now today they're back together, they're reconciled, thank God. But see how prideful that is? You own the same car, you live in the same house, and you don't talk to each other? That's another story, right? It produces misunderstanding. When you're prideful, man, you won't listen when you're prideful, you won't hear what somebody else is saying. When you're prideful, you presume, you jump to conclusions. Am I right? Your boss, you'll get fired. I've seen so many people get fired from the job. You didn't listen to what your boss was telling you. 
He laid out the plan, but you're too prideful to admit you didn't know what you were doing. So pride causes all kinds of misunderstanding. There was a young lady that visited a computer dating service, and she said, I'm looking for a spouse, someone to marry. Can you help me? And so the matchmaker said, yeah, what exactly are you looking for? And she said, well, let me see. He needs to be good looking. He needs to be polite. He needs to be humorous. He needs to be knowledgeable, good at singing and dancing. He's going to accompany me the whole day at home during my leisure hour. And if, if I don't go out, I need to, he needs to be able to tell me interesting stories when I need a companion in conversation and be silent when I want to rest. The matchmaker entered all the information in the computer. And in a matter of moments, the answer came up, buy a television. <laughs> buy a television. Yeah. You're not looking for a spouse. You're looking for a TV. That is not reality. How many know what I'm saying? People say love is blind. No, pride is blind. Your pride is blinding you today. Your pride is blinding you today. Proverbs 13.10 says, where there is strife, there is pride. There's always problems, there's issues, there's pride. But wisdom is found in those who will take some advice. So that's my second point. Pride will cause all kinds of arguments and all kinds of conflicts. The biggest fight that you'll ever see is people that are so prideful. And some of the biggest fights that I've seen is people in the same trade. You, you know what I'm talking about? You get a plumber working with another plumber. It's like, what? I don't do it that way. You get another guy working and you get guys at the same trade. Man, they're arguing. They're fighting. I remember at the church, not, not this time when we did remodeling, it all worked out as far as I've heard. All the guys, the same trade. I heard it was, it was good. But, but the building that we owned down the street where our Spanish service is at, they, they were putting in tile in the, in, in the, in the men's restroom. I had, so I figured I'd get like two or three guys that knew how to do tile. And I got a call at midnight, and these guys were fighting in the parking lot. It's a true story. Because one guy laid tile a certain way, and the other guy laid tile another way, and they were arguing. And in the end, that, it, looks, it still looks horrible. You go look, and some, something is kind of because guys in the same trade are too prideful. Are you hearing me sometimes? And they get into an argument. It causes conflict. And I'm here to tell you today that sometimes uh, our problem is our ego gets in the way. I said our ego gets in the way. I read this quote. It said, I don't have an ego. I'm just perfect. <laughs> I'm trying to work on my ego, but it's so hard when you're awesome. <laughs> it said, why, why are Americans so arrogant? Because our national bird is an ego. Anyway, I'll go on. <laughs> I, I got to do this one. Can I do the next one? What do you call a pastor with a lot of pride? An alter ego. He's got an alter, <laughs> He's got an alter ego right here. <laughs> what do you call a musician with an, e with an ego? He's just a guy that plays an instrument. That's all. <laughs> so anyway. Anyway, I'll move on. I'm sorry, guys. It says this. Galatians 5. 26, it says, let us not be ambitious for our own reputation, for that only means making each other jealous. So when you're prideful 
and and you have all this arrogance. It causes all kinds of problems. It causes all kinds of conflict. And I'm just here to tell you, when you're promoting yourself, you're going to have more and more problems than you ever have. Love is humble. Say, love is humble. Love is humble. The Bible says, Romans chapter 12, verse 16. I got to move really quickly here. I'm running out of time. Don't, don't act big and don't think you know it all. I love that. Proverbs 10, 13. Pride only breeds quarreling. So uh, another thing that pride does, it prevents intimacy. It prevents you getting close to people. I, I've been around people that have been married for years and years ago. I don't really know him. I, uh, you know, we have fun together. We have a great time. But I don't really know who he is because he hides everything. And the reason why we're so prideful because we're afraid we, of being rejected. And so, therefore, we put up a front. And it's never, you're never going to get through it. You're never going to be able to have any breakthrough in your life. We've got to be able to be real. We got to be able to be humble and get rid of our e- ego and get rid of that pride and that boastfulness. Uh, the next thing, pride will always delay reconciliation. In other words, when somebody's done something wrong to you, it will always delay us from reconciling it or coming back together. Mark Twain said this: "Temper gets uh, gets us into trouble, but pride keeps us there." How many of you have ever had a problem in your family? How many have ever even apologized to your children? I have. I mean, I hit the wrong one, man. My dad, 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 it wasn't me. It was. He's sorry. Got it with this guy. You know, the other, the other person said, it was this guy. And I, I walked in, I presumed that, I presumed it was that guy. It wasn't me. I'm sorry. Hey, sometimes you got to take it for the team, man. You know? <laughs> the other guy got away. What can I say? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, we have to apologize. Sorry. Sorry, son. Sorry, son. Missed that one. <laughs> Wasn't listening. See? How did I get into this? Let's keep moving. We need to be able to say we're sorry. Look at what the Bible says. Proverbs 28, 13, a man who refuses to admit his mistake can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes him, he gets another chance. Love means I'm saying I'm sorry. Love means, you know what, I'm wrong. Love means, you know what, man, I'm willing to admit it when I'm wrong. I'm going to read you this quote. Swallowing your pride may be distasteful, but it's not fattening. I love that. Sometimes you got to swallow your pride. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to close with this. A couple of things that I think will help us to remedy, to help us to learn humility and learn how to love and be humble is we have to accept our humanity. And I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm telling you today, none of us are perfect. There's nobody here that got it all together, including myself, any, anyone. We don't have it all together. We constantly have to learn how to be humble. We constantly have to learn how to adjust and how to get rid of our pride and not let pride get in the way of our relationships. And, and, and sometimes, you know, being willing to apologize even when you're not wrong. Have you ever done that? I thought that that helps a lot. I, I know I'm not wrong, but I'm going to apologize anyway. 
Because let's just be honest, in any kind of disagreement, maybe you have, maybe you're 2% wrong. Well, apologize for the 2%. I mean, don't say, I'm only apologizing for 2%. No, no, I'm not saying that. Well, I did it, Pastor. I told him 1%, man. You're 99, I'm 1%. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying apologize. Say, you know, I'm sorry. And you'll be surprised. Sometimes people will say, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry back. And if they don't, you, you did your part. So be willing to admit you're, you're human. Ecclesiastic 7.20 says, there's not a just man upon the earth that does good and doesn't sin. So the Bible says we're all imperfect. There's not one of us this morning that has it all together. We have to admit our weaknesses. We have to admit that we don't got it all together. Don't try to be somebody you're not. I was reading a story about a young doctor who just opened up his office and he just opened it up and he wanted to seem very important. So uh, the, the, his, re, his receptionist, uh, that they, they were just getting things. She goes, uh, doctor, there's somebody here to see you. So he ran to his desk and, and he, he had the phone there. And so he wanted to act like he was really important. The man walked in and he's talking on the phone. Yeah, well, the fee will be $400. And yes, I'm very busy. Thank you. And he hung up. He told the man, can I help you, sir? He goes, well, I'm just here to install the phone. (laughs) See how pride will get you into trouble? See how that happens? Always gets in the way, doesn't it? Accept your humanity. Accept who you are. Accept that. And then number two, and I'm going to rush you really quick here. And I'm going to leave it the last one here. You have to recognize God's grace. How many are thankful for the grace of God today? Look at what it says here. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. Why are, you so, why are you so puffed up about? What are you so puffed up about? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why act as though you're so great and as though you have accomplished something on your own? There's so many people that say, I'm a self-made man. Well, who gave you that wisdom? I work hard with my hands. Who gave you those hands? Who blessed you with all of that? Man, well, I, I, I got, you know, I, I, I've got all of this. I have accomplished all of these. I'm an entrepreneur. Well, who, you know, who gave you the opportunity to be born in the country that you're born in? All of these different blessings that you have, you didn't, you're not a self-made man. It's the grace of God. God graced you. God gave you favor. And because he did today, we need to be humble enough to give other people grace. We need to give, hum, be humble enough to love other people. If God blessed you and you got giftings and you're succeeding, well, praise God. Why don't you give some of that love and grace to others? Love is not boastful. Love is not pride. Love is humble. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you that your word is so powerful. God, I thank you for the people of God that are here. They're so open. And Lord, I thank you today, God, that they're listening, that they're hearing, they're they're receiving your word. So God, I'm so thankful for that. And Lord, even right now, we're we're just thankful for your love. God, if it wasn't for your love, where would we be? And God, your love was displayed. It was so humble. You washed the feet of the disciples. You gave to others. And Lord, it was displayed on the cross. For God so loved the world. God, you didn't have to. You didn't have to die for us. You didn't have to do any of those things. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But God, you loved us. You showed grace. You humbled yourself and went to the cross. 
your word said that you could have called legions of angels and they could have rescued you at any moment. You, you said I could be rescued at any moment, but he didn't. You didn't do that. You gave your life because your love was humble. Your love was displayed for us. So God, we thank you that for that today. Help us to love others. Love is not boastful. Love is humble. So with every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment, if you're in this building right now, maybe you came on your own, maybe somebody brought you here, maybe you just walked in. I don't know how you got here, but I believe the Lord brought you here today. And I want you to know today there is a God in heaven that loves you so much. He really does care about you. And you may not have a, you may not even have knowledge of that. You may not have even experienced God's love personally, but I want to say to you, to you, he loves you. And if you'll just humble yourself and receive that love, you'll be forgiven of your sin. Because the Bible says we're all sinners. No matter who you are, the Bible says we fall short of the glory of God. There is nobody righteous, not even one, the Bible says. All of us have sinned. So as good as you want to be, you're not good enough to make it into heaven on your own merit. You need God's forgiveness. You need God's grace. You need God's love in your life. And so I don't want you to leave here today without that opportunity to receive the love of God, to receive his forgiveness here today. So if there's anyone here right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, just Christians praying quietly, but if you're in this room, I don't want you to miss this opportunity right now. You say, Pastor, I need God in my life. I need his love. I need his forgiveness. Humble yourself. Get rid of the pride today. And say, you know what? I need God. I need God. I'm a human. I need the Lord in my life. I need Jesus to forgive me. I'll tell you, he'll change your life today. He'll change your life. Is there anyone at all right now with every head bowed, every eye closed? You say, Pastor, that's me. I need God in my life. I need that love you're talking about. Would you just raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. That's me. Is there anyone at all right now? Just raise your hand real quick. Put it right back down. Back there. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? He said, that's me right now. That's me. Thank you for that honesty. Takes a lot. I understand. But I want to pray for you. I don't want you to leave here the same way you walked in. Man or woman, whoever you are, however young or old you are today, it takes, takes a man or woman of God to say, yes, yes. Takes a lot of humility today. We got to kind of just let go of our pride and say, you know what? You got to not worry about everybody else. You just got to say, I, I want to get right with God. If that's you, would you just raise your hand if you haven't raised your hand already? Is there anyone else in this building, man or woman today? You say, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life today. Is there anybody else? Maybe you were once serving God. Maybe you were once walking with God, but you're away from God today. and You need to rededicate your life to him. In fact, you know what I'm talking about. You've been in church before. But you know you're not living right. And you got to have a degree of humility in your life right now. I said, I need to rededicate my life to God today. I need to recommit my life. Is there anyone right now? He said, that's me. Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I need God in my life. Just raise your hand right now. Whoever you are, man or woman today. Don't want you to leave the same way you walked in today. Is there anybody else here right now? You just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Why don't we stand together right now? We, we have somebody back there. Brother, you mean that? You mean that? We, would you come? Would you come? Can I have somebody pray with him as well? Amen. Peter will pray with you. 
He's a good guy. Come on, let's give God a big <laughs> praise God. God bless you, bro. What's your name? Mark, God bless you, Mark. How you doing, man? Good. Peter will pray with you right now. Would you pray with him, Peter, right now? And why don't we just lift our hands right now? Why don't we worship? Why don't we worship God right now? And they're going to lead us in worship to the Lord. Amen. Let's just think about his love and loving each other right now. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.